I'm so jittery right now. My heart is racing. I'm not gonna be able to do this. Read. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Literally Literary. With us, as always, Mr. Sean Fall. I am Joey Bonnier. And here he is. When life is confusing, he's clarifying. Sean O'Brien. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. We're back. We're back, back on top. Back, Mr. Boner. You're back. I don't like being judged <laughs> every time. <laughs> then why do you do it? <laughs> no matter what you do, we have to do something right after you're done talking. And I don't know what else that would be. <laughs> I can't think of How about, welcome to another episode and all that bullshit. I don't that's know. what you're we doing. gotta mock the last person that's Yeah, that's what you're all doing. Right, fine. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi. Hi, do You guys had a little date last night. Sounds yeah, we did. We yes, held we hands did. and everything. He tried to put you... the the, uh, the armrest up, but I, I wouldn't have it. I was I was, I was was sad to have not been included, just for the record. You... Wait, you were totally included. You didn't invite me. You I were was included. Privy... I was, I was privy Wait a minute. <laughs> it's like, it's you like saw you guys, the whole thing. It's like right? you guys being like, are you hungry? Let's get some food. <laughs> like me but if like, you oh. wanted to go, you could have easily just said, yeah. I know, but hey, I guys. Wasn't... Hey, I'm hungry too, guys. <laughs> uh, invited my, invited was the was the word, I guess. But I was you already saw it too. Yeah, you already saw it. You live in the far, far away land. So what? You guys didn't mention what you saw. The Black Panther. A Black Panther? Yeah. That's some racist ass Oh, well, there were two of them. So. Did you like it? Not really. That's so racist. Yep. Wait, it is? Yeah. I, th- I thought it was just like it's an, old, a, it's an old man thing, uh, like the Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying not liking Black Panther. Yeah, yeah, it's all racist. In and of itself. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. He's racist. <laughs> I don't think you're racist, Sean. The Are you insane? <laughs> why, so why didn't you like it? Um, it's not, so to, did you really not like it or you just... Uh, it's, you didn't dislike it. You just didn't. It was okay. ish Like it's it's probably the Marvel movie I would be least likely to put on on any given Sunday. Wow, really? Um, of all of them, it's down there. Certainly, it's with you know Thor: The Dark World. Yeah, I hated that one too. Yeah, that one sucked. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ragnarok was pretty good though. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, we were talking about that. Thor one was actually really good. There just wasn't any character to like. I, the only one I liked was the the villain guy, the warmonger. But uh, oh, they were all. I thought they were all pretty cool. They, none of I them, liked them all. Like they just didn't have any like character development or intro or anything that like made me want to latch on. It was just kind of like, here's a guy, he's awesome. Oh, here's a girl, she's awesome. And there were some good characters. Yeah. I thought that they some of them were definitely one note. Mm. Definitely, they didn't have they didn't have much dynamic change, if you will. But the CGI sucked balls. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. No, I thought it was bad. The suits were wiggling. It was like (laughs) 10 years ago CGI kind of stuff. It looked like they pasted the head on the fucking cat suit. Where did you guys see it? uh, The IMAX at the Burbanks. Oh, it was in 3D? No, no, it was a good theater. This was the Dolby theater. Okay. We saw it in good sound, too. Crazy. Bummer. That's a shame. I liked it. I really liked it. I liked the soundtrack, too. Mm. Yeah, the soundtrack was great. Um, the story was good. The writing was not so good. The yeah. writing was a little lackluster. It was very, you know, hackneyed kind of. Uh, Just unmemorable. Like lots of swirling and spinning autofocus I, things. I was distracted some of the, the by the shot selection too. A lot of just like long monologuing and close-ups, which is just very boring to it's me. cheap. And watching black people speak is boring to you. Wow, dude. See who's the racist now. But but especially the time where he was like in the ancestral homeland, and it was just kind of close up of him, close up of his dad, close up of yeah. him, close up. 
It was just like, uh, I don't know. It's just kind of boring. That's all. Yeah. I mean, I thought, okay. I thought it was touching, that part specifically. I mean, it was, I don't it know. It could have been it's, more entertainingly shot. It, I mean, I, I'll put it this way. It was subtle. That So I, I don't know if it, 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 you could consider it boring, but I, the main I reason do. I didn't is because the, the subtlety of it in a superhero movie was very interesting to me. Where it was, you know, and like the script wasn't lackluster because it was all sort of underneath. It was, it was subdued. It was, it was again, it was, a, it was subtle. It wasn't just guys yeah. being like, oh, go get her, blah, blah, blah. It was, they were actually having conversations. It was no, pretty, that's true. I agree there. I, I, I guess I don't I, go I, to the movies I, for a podcast. I chalk that more up to, I guess, to the story, but in some sense, it, the script has the story. So it, I can't really separate them. Like, yeah. it's silly. But, um, I, I don't, I don't know. I did, um, I feel like a dick to be nitpicky here. I didn't like some of the acting jobs. I thought they weren't that great. Um, okay. Some of them were fine. I loved Michael B. Jordan. He was, really? he was great. I even liked, I thought Chadwick Boseman was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like Angela Bassett. I thought she was not yeah. so good. Sorry to call her out. <laughs> not so good. No there. Lifetime Achievement Award for you. No, Forrest Whitaker too. I mm. mean, getting a little He's cheap. just always What's Forrest Whitaker though. Forrest Whitaker. Like, I don't know, man. Those were pretty, <laughs> pretty good performances. Angela Bassett and Forrest Whitaker, they were, again, just okay. kind of quiet, subtle performance. They were good. Oh. All right. I, I, I don't know. Was, maybe you know. I just disagree, I guess. Uh, That's okay. Well, anyway, I have books. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, the, we do have, Are so they again, all Black Panther comics? They aren't. However, the Oscars are tomorrow. Mm. Oh, yeah. We, by the way, Last you, should, week? you have to release this. No, they'd be no, today. No, you've released this. Yeah, you have to release this first tonight. Jesus Christ. We'll do, you want to do Oscar predictions? I'll do what I want. Let's do it real quick. We'll do Oscar predictions before I get to the books. Oh, God. I don't yeah. even know who's voting for what. I'm do, that's why I'm going to look We'll just do a couple quick ones. Um, we'll do Best Actor. Uh, you, you know, we're know, not going to do that one. That's do you know one. all of the nominations off the tippy tops? Um, not all of them, no. But I could. I know who my picks all right, are. Well, I got them right here. What do you want to do first? Best Actor? Gary Oldman's going to win Best Actor. That's not. That's clear. just a given. Totally that's clear. That's just a given. Yep. Um, best Actress is a... Is, I don't feel like that's locked, actually. Right? It's either uh, Saoirse or... Um, I thought it was maybe Sally Hawkins, I thought. Oh, no. Francis McDormand's winning this, I yep, think. I think so, too. I Francis think so McDormand's too. winning that's who. That's my pick. Um, but I guess Saoirse could make a last-minute run. Um, best Supporting Actor. Sam Rockwell. Yeah, that's my, he's my favorite actor, actually. Um, the best... Did you see Moon? Just Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. He's my favorite actor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't know you saw every you, single... Do you want to hear... Dude, so the funniest part of all, that exact thing happened between Kelly and I at something. We, I think we were like trivia night or whatever. And I was like, Sam Rockwell's my favorite actor. And then Kelly's like, did you see Moon? And I'm like, yeah, he's my favorite actor. <laughs> exactly the same exact thing. Kelly's cracking up um, right now then. The only one of be. these movies I've seen is Get Out. Of Best Picture? Oh, is I, Tanya on there? Yeah, no? that's, she'll, she'll win for Best Supporting. It's not, you saw I, Dunkirk? No, yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't. didn't. No. Oh, Oh, Sean, you didn't see any of the best pictures? Hang on, let, out. let me see if I can get these. Um, so we got The Post, Darkest Hour, Call Me By Your Name, um, Get Out, Lady Bird, Three Billboards, Shape of Water. There's two more. Um, Dunkirk and... Oh, I've never shit. heard of it before. What am I missing? What am I missing? What am I missing? What am it's I missing? not a toll booth. What am I missing? Phantom Threat. Oh, right, of course. Um, Yeah. So I don't know. It's actually really interesting. So did you guys know the, the for Best Picture in particular, they do a ranked voting system like Sean, you've been talking about on Pilot Tinkering all the time. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, they don't just vote. So the way it works is, um, but it's not just a, rank, a ranked system. Like, you know, you, you put your list down, you know, my, my number one is three billboards. Number mm-hmm. two is get out, whatever, blah, blah, blah. The way it actually works is 
it goes in rounds. So everybody submits their ranked voting. Then they go through the entire rank. They go through all the lists and they take the most number of low votes, right? So the most, whoever, whatever got the most number of, the most number eight votes in this or nine, I guess, in this, um, that gets eliminated. Is it not like points? Like a number one is, number one ranking is worth this much points? No, no, it's not. So you rank everyone. You rank everyone. You rank them all. And um, the first movie to get over 50% is the one that wins, basically. Or not first, but, you know, whenever it gets over 50% of the votes wins. But the way they get to that 50% is they eliminate the bottom bottom one. Now, once the, so let's say the post, right? How many you could be voting like six times, really? You're you're not voting. Everybody fills their list out and then they go through it in rounds in order to determine what is the winner. You submit a ballot. You're not resubmitting the ranking. No, no, no. But you sort of ironically do in a weird way because of your list. So once the post gets eliminated, whoever put the post as number one, their number two becomes number one. So let's say Darkest Hour, right? Whoever Mm -hmm. People who are most likely to vote the post, number one, probably Darkest Hour is number two, something like that, right? Um, That goes up. Mm -hmm. So then Darkest Hour, of course, is probably the second most likely one to get eliminated. Yeah. That one gets eliminated. So whatever the the, the, person gets fan of threat and so on and so on and so on. So it's not – the weird thing is – the way this, so like last year, you know, Fences the, was probably the most. It's the one. movie that the most people can agree on, not necessarily exactly, the best movie. which is weird because so yeah. with last year, like with Moonlight winning, mm. I mean, Fences was probably in the lower tier to get yeah. eliminated, so it but actually Moonlight probably helped. Was probably them. everyone's number three or four. If and, anyone who put Fences as like number one or two, yeah, Moonlight yeah. was probably easily right behind that, so it get it got that that boost. Yeah. And so you know, between La La Land and Moonlight, Moonlight got a big bump from the people who like. The other movies got eliminated first. Um, with this year, it's so fucking weird because the most amount of there's so many people. So Three Billboards was my favorite, and I think the one is it ought to win, but I don't think it will because I think that enough people didn't like it for all the various kind of political reasons that they had with mm-hmm. it. Wait, three sorry, Three Billboards. I don't know the story. I'm sorry. Yeah, Can I don't you just know quickly give me anything. a uh, three the the movie or the the story behind the backlash. Both, please. <laughs> the movie itself is about a woman. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri uh, is about Frances McDormand's daughter um, had been the lady raped from Fargo. And, yeah, had been raped and murdered, Aww. and the the police chief uh, and the police staff themselves were were more or less dragging their feet onto finding out who 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 committed the crime. So Francis, for Francis McDormand buys three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, to to essentially call them out on this. Um, the the plot progresses as you'd imagine. Um, hijinks ensue. Yeah, more or less hijinks ensue, but it's hilarity it's, ensues. Well, very dark comedy. It's it's Martin McDonough. Um, so he did uh, Seven Psychopaths. He did In Bruges. I don't know if you guys saw either of those, nope. but again, it's they're they're um, it's it's very dark comedy. It's it's so fucking good. Sam um, Rockwell shines in those kind of movies. He's so great in this. Um, but again, it, there's there's a lot of backlash for many different reasons. But but effectively, it's that. I found them. See, I'm. It's going to be hard for me to explain the backlash well because I, I, I wholeheartedly disagree with it. Um, people are saying that we're supposed to feel sympathy for Sam Rockwell's character, um, who is more or less a white supremacist. I don't particularly find him to be a white supremacist, but let's just say that. He but they is. they humanize him that he or something. Yes, they very much humanize him, they, mm. and and so people are saying, you know, it's it, you, you can't glorify a racist like this. Well, I don't glor- think he was I feel like glorifying and humanizing are different. Totally agreed. And that's kind of my point. And, and I don't, I think that he was humanized because there are humans out there who are white supremacists and that's the way it is. And, and 
what are we going to do about that? You know what I mean? And I mean, this movie deals with there's that. There's tons of movies with, I mean, fucking Downfall is all Nazis. It's humanizing all Nazis. I mean, uh, I don't know if they humanize. There, there are no Nazis in, oh, Downfall? Downfall. Downfall, sorry. <laughs> yes, very much so. Yes, sorry, you're right. I was thinking Darkest Hour for some reason. Well, not for some reason. There's an obvious reason. Anyway, the, 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 <laughs> <laughs> before we get to the reading, um, the because of that backlash, I think that- Yeah, this that show's about hurt. books, not movies. Oh, but I Jesus like, Christ. it is? They're kind of the same. With that, I'm going to bring out the books. Either way, I think that the most likely one to win is is Shape of Water, which I didn't like at all. Even though it was plagiarized? Yes, exactly. However, I... I, Isn't everything? No, but this one was very specifically. It was like a short Mm -hmm. (laughs) that he like... It was a novel. uh, A novel I thought he he stole, didn't he? It was a novella. There was a short. (laughs) There was a a film, too. Um, But I mean, still, he'll win Best Director. Um, Dunkirk actually has a really good shot because it's probably the movie that the least number of people hated, but the it's arguably the least number the movie that it's the, the least most number agreeable. of people hated. Yeah, and not enough people like cared about it to put cared yeah. to about it to put it so low. Yeah. So it's not gonna get too many like seven, eight, nine votes. It'll get a lot of of three, Boys, four, fives. Yeah. So it's very likely. I think get out is also very likely as well. Um even though I, I so I wish three billboards would win, but I don't think it's going to. Um so what's gonna win Shape of Water? If I'm putting money on it, yeah, put money on it. I'm gonna say it's a risk, though. It's not a likely get, but I'm gonna say get out. Hmm. Oh, okay. I'm gonna say get I out. Saw wow. That but yep. I, but I think Shape of Water has a better chance. Um, and yeah, that's where that'd I'm be about. crazy. It's either yeah, get out, Dunkirk, Shape of Water. Um, my, my number, my number one would be Three Billboards. My number two would be Lady Bird. Uh, my number three might actually be Dunkirk. I recently rewatched it. I didn't like it when I saw it. Now, but... do you take culture into account? Yeah. Current events and such? Yeah. So, for instance, like this year, you're more likely to see uh, a Lady Bird win. Well, no, unfortunately. Then another year. Then another year. Oh, in any other year? Yeah. It'll be ranked. It, I'm yeah. not saying Lady Bird will win. I'm just saying, it is it more likely higher. to win? It, it's more likely to be ranked higher because of the culture. Of cultural Absolutely. Cultural yeah. But so is Get Out and so is. I mean, arguably three billboards for, for both reasons with three billboards, like three billboards, both is getting the bump, the cultural bump and the cultural backlash. Yeah. The, the Oscars are never necessary, almost never tied to uh, monetary value. Um, most of the time, the, the, win, the movies that win the Oscar are, you know, uh, low box office receipts compared to, you know, they, yeah, it's, it's it's not what the people like. It's you know the one uh, exception to that rule. No, you're right. The Titanic. One, well, there's a ton of exceptions. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, I was going to say Lord of the Rings, but yeah, that's true too. I didn't forget about Titanic. Yeah, Lord of the but Lord of the Rings took three of those fucking movies to win. Yeah, yeah. Although I think the others are nominated. I think. Oh yeah, for sure. No, they were. Okay. It's just I mean you know it's it's you, you're both right. It, there there are exceptions to the rule, but for the most part, no, it's not it's not the biggest you know money makers that win that win for sure. And in this case, I don't even think there are that many money makers on the list. No. I think Dunkirk is Dunkirk the only. Is the most, yeah. yeah. Uh, that make a, is that even that's not even in the top ten of movies. No. Uh, like box office, maybe not even top 15, 20. I mean, I feel like Get Out might have made more. I think Get Out just had a small release, so like their per screen average is higher. But uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, the top ten movies. I, I, so what do we have here? We have like Superman Homecoming, or it's not Superman, Spider Man, Spider Man Homecoming. That was um, this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman. Um, no, Spider Man was number six. Uh, let me think here. Wonder uh, Woman's number three. Actually, what was it? Uh, the Mummy. No, no. It come on. Well, dude, no, that was a it, bomb. Made it, it made a ton overseas. It, it did. But you're right, it's it did bomb here. No, not, not at all. I know. I know. 
Um, I oh, we just did this in like trivia. I can't even remember what they are then. Okay, what's number one? Come on, you gotta get number one. Last year, the movie that made the most money last what year. What made most money last year? Come on, it wasn't Jumanji. That's way up there. Um, hey, Jumanji's number five. Oh, Star Wars. Thank you. Yeah, Star Wars. Number two is a good one. This is interesting. I don't know. Beauty and the Beast. Oh right, yeah. Um. Anyway, after although this. these are domestic grosses, so you know, there's other shit. Yeah, that- but that's no, but that's that's what is important for the Academy. Oh, they don't look at worldwide. Dunkirk was number fourteen. Okay. Oh, just missed. Get it. Out was fifteen. I just, just, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like the fate of the Furious made. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, it was not as much. Oh yeah, that was a big gap though. So uh, Dunkirk was uh, fifty million. Uh, Get Out was thirty-three million, and that's fourteen and fifteen. So that's a uh, weird, uh, you know, kind of a big gap there. But uh, I, no, nope, not even the per screen average. Never mind. This was 16 minutes and 36 seconds. I would almost argue you should just release this as a TBC just to fucking piss Wheeler off. <laughs> we didn't do any of the theme songs, though. <laughs> Crossover! <laughs> I'd just like to say that I, I was an unwitting participant in this, Eric. Um, we all I, were. I, I, I was... <laughs> currently banned i would respect that ban um ban the ban no there's no collusion here no collusion <laughs> anyway i have books he accepted payoffs and sanctions <laughs> i have These a history of narrative film fourth edition i have tennessee williams a streetcar named textbook? desire i have making movies by Sidney lumet jesus christ oh, i just heard about that. i have filmmaking and financing i have the art of dramatic writing at the Stanislavski technique. No rebel without a crew. No, I did. I, I that was one of the books I gave back. <laughs> um, I have In the Blink by Walter. You Murray. gave back. You hated it so much that you, I. Like- I recently brought about a hundred books. No, probably more back to Iliad. Oh. Um. I just I needed to get rid of a bookshelf, <laughs> and I just downsized a. Fu- Your it was really sad. Was caving in. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I, it was over a hundred books. Actually, it was like a whole. It was like three huge boxes. It was ridiculous. Um, I got like fifty bucks, with which I bought a first edition Ulysses. <laughs> I have uh, the close up on Sunset Boulevard by Sam Stagg. I have um, the making of the Wizard of Oz, and I have uh, oh, uh, I have. 99 film scenes for actors, and I have film theory and criticism. Probably my You're favorite. missing one more. I have the great Gat- I have the making of the Great Gatsby by F. Scott Fitzgerald. <laughs> and F. Scott Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that is a book. It's got to be a book. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, because there was a movie, so there's someone wrote a book about it. What do we got, guys? What do you think? Mm, mm, yeah. It all just feels like work <laughs> so you're not gonna make a pick what's that i was hoping you might why do you like, never make picks because i hate all books equally <laughs> both sides <laughs> yeah both sides are incredibly wrong in this debate. i hate the left so, and the may, right may, I, may i sway the election let's go with the uh, stanislavski is there a third party pick for mr stanislavski russia yeah I have a pick. Go ahead. I would like Sidney Lumet. Making movies? Wow. Okay. That's a good that's a good pick. Um It's okay. wrong, but it's good. No, it's actually very good. Um my favorite I was hoping was film theory and criticism, but it's okay. We won't. Jesus. There's no, that probably looks like too a much to talk about. Oh, they're all, I mean they're all technically textbook. Oh, they are? 
they're um, shit you have to buy yeah, in film school I'd say usually. So. Yeah. I'd say so for the most part. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. This one I got in college. The film th- I won't. We won't read this. But the cool thing about film theory and criticism, it's it's they're all individual things, mostly it's about the full sort of, of words. Yeah, well, that's a book. <laughs> <laughs> Not a single goddamn picture. There's oh, there's plenty, a picture. There's, it's a film there book. Were two of course, pictures. there's plenty of pictures in here. <laughs> Um, but there's like from Eisenstein and all the, the, the Russians as well, as far as the, the, the theory, again, film theory. Like Tarkovsky. No, then there might be some Tarkovsky. I'm just naming Russian filmmakers. (laughs) Oh no, but Eisenstein. So it's Rumpelstiltskin. Silent cinema. Like, like what? So this book sort of traces the, the actual theory at the beginning of cinema. Like what, what it actually means to make a movie in that sense. Um, so does the history of narrative film, by the way, which is, I don't know. The story of fucking movies is one of the coolest stories ever told. Um, Anyway, so is it, is it the coolest? Kind of. If it, it really is. Um, all right. So our two it's picks not. are making movies and the Stanislavski technique. This is actually one of the few moments where I've read. Oh wait, no, I haven't read. Um, I haven't read the close up on Sunset Boulevard of the Making of the Wizard of Oz. I got these two from my neighbor who like giving them away. Mm-hmm. Um, Look and two, uh, two more I think as well. But yeah, imagine that someone um, in West Hollywood with too many films. In the blink of an eye is the best book on editing ever written. Oh, merch. Yeah, Walter Merch. Yeah, he he was the sound des- he was originally a sound designer mm-hmm. um they don't know shit ended up making a he he was the editor famously for um apocalypse now and a bunch of cool bullshit <laughs> he so made a movie out of that bullshit is a good book on producing the auto dramatic writing is a great book on writing anyway making movies the best history book are you getting fucking back-end payouts for these much no not at all i'm just explaining fucking sorry were oh, these all books that you that. had to buy for your film school no no um like I said, these the, the the two were the ones I got from my neighbor. Um, this one I did get in film school. Uh, this one I got at, the, the filmmaking, blink the, the blinking of an eye, the filmmakers and financing one I bought on my own when I was like independent, trying to make money. No, the producing stuff, the producing element. Basically, yeah. it all filmmaking financing is 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 how to create a business plan. That's yeah. it. Um, the art of dramatic writing, I don't remember. It's actually more for playwright, but I think the principles are apply better to all dramatic writing. Hmm. Fittingly enough. Um, but no, and this one, I, the, the 99 film scenes, I, I must have gotten in film school. Um, so no, Stanislaw. And the Stanislaw, so the, the two that we're talking about, yes, making movies I did get in film school and still is probably the best. Like if you just want one book on, on filmmaking, making movies is probably the best one. Um, and the Stanislavski technique I got from a friend of mine. Um, this is all about directing actors in the Stanislaw. Those are your two choices, making movies or Stanislaw. Can we just do both for a little bit? Which one? Give the baby his bottle. <laughs> the baby is bottle. Is that? Oh, you're the one who said. Right. Okay, got it. So I'll start with making movies, and we can go to uh, Sydney Lima. Just go start it. Or do you want me to read a little bit behind it? Uh, I haven't read this in so end. goddamn long. Sorry, just a quick Preface. refresher. What what movies did Sydney Lima do? Preface. Sean, do you want to list them? Before, no. Without looking? <laughs> no. 12 Angry Men is probably ah. my, my favorite of his. Um, I think he also did The Verdict, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, God, what else, man? Um, oh, M- Murder on the Orient Express? Was that it? Maybe that was him. Um, Dog Day Afternoon. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Network. Um, Network with Sidney Lumet? Apparently. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. All right. Ready? Preface. As there all would be. I once asked Akira Kurosawa why he had chosen to frame a shot in Ran a particular way. His answer was that if he'd panned the camera one inch to the left, the Sony factory would be sitting there exposed. (laughs) And if he'd panned an inch to the right, he would see the airport, neither of which belonged in a period. 
Only the person who's made the movie knows what goes into the decision that results in a piece of work. They can be anything from budget requirements to divine inspiration. This is a book about the world, the work involved in making movies. Because Kurosawa's answers, answers stated the simple truth, most of the movies I'll discuss in this book are pictures I direct. With those, at least, I know exactly what went into each creative decision. There's no right or wrong way to direct. Except the room. That's bad. That wasn't me. <laughs> uh, what I'm writing about is how I, for students, take it all. Take, take, take what you want, throw away the rest, or throw it all away. For a few readers, perhaps it might make up for the times a movie crew has tied you up in traffic or shot in your neighborhood all night long. We really do know what we're doing. It only looks as if we don't. Serious work is going on even when it seems as if we're just standing around. For everyone else, I'll try to tell you as best I can how movies are made. It's a complex technical and emotional process. It's art. It's commerce. It's heartbreaking, and it's fun. It's a great way to live. A warning about what you won't find in this book. There are no personal revelations other than feelings arisen from the work itself. No gossip about Sean Connery or Marlon Brando. Mostly, I love the people I've worked with uh, in what's necessarily an intimate process. So I respect their, their foibles. That's a weird word. F-O-I-B-L-E-S. Yeah. You've never yeah. seen you never heard no, of before. So I respect their foibles and idiosync- idiosyncrasies, Sorry. as I'm sure they it's respect their, their flaws. flaws. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I can, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, finally, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> deduced it. I just never saw the word before. You're a uh, douche. Okay. <laughs> it's surprising because you know so many more complicated words. That's why. I don't know about that. It's very nice of you, but I don't think I do. You have a very deep vocabulary. Um, <laughs> finally, I must ask for an indulgence from the, it's pronounced huge. <laughs> finally, I must ask for an indulgence from the reader. When I began making movies, the only crew jobs available to women were as script girls and in the editing department. As a result, I still think of movies, of movie crews as male. And in fact, they still predominantly are. I've therefore developed the lifetime habit of using male pronouns. What year is this? We got mm. our first uh, cinematographer, female director. Or, uh, uh, yeah, uh, th- 1995. Yeah. 90, yeah. Wait, so he's only going to use male pronouns? No, no, no. He's, he's explaining. Um, okay. the, the word actress or authoress always struck me as condescending. A so doctor's it's... a doctor, right? So I've always referred to actors and writers regardless of their sex. So many movies that I've made involve police before Righteous? women played. That was a thing. What? Well, actress and what was the other word? He writers. Said? No, he said the, actors the and writers, but he said actress and what? I think he said which? authoress. Uh, authoress. Oh, he did say authoress. That's fucking weird. Yeah, that's I what he, that's that his was, point. I didn't know that was ever a word. I mean, yeah, can be. It well, is. anything can be. Yeah. <laughs> like a dick. So many movies that I've made involve police before women played any significant role in the force. So even my casts have been heavily dominated by men. After all, my movie was called 12 Angry Men. In those days, women could be excused from jury duty simply because they were women. The male pronouns I use almost always refer to both men and women. Most people working in the movies today have been brought up in a far more equally balanced world. Hopefully such indulgences won't have to be asked for it. Time's up, boys. Time's up. Jesus. Making movies. One. The director. The best job in the world. The entrance to the Ukrainian National Home is on 2nd Avenue between 8th and 9th Streets in New York City. There's a restaurant on the ground floor. The odor of pierogi, borscht, barley soup, and onions hits me as soon as I walk in. The The smell is cloying, but pleasant, even welcoming. 
especially in the winter. The restrooms are downstairs, always reeking of disinfectant, urine, and beer. I go up a flight of stairs and walk into an enormous room the size of a small basketball court. It has colored lights, the inevitable revolving mirrored ball, and a bar along one wall, behind which are stacked sound amplifiers in their suitcases, empty cartons, boxes of plastic garbage bags. Setups are also sold there. Stacks of folding chairs and tables are piled along the walls. There's a bathroom of the Ukrainian National Home. There, sorry, there is, a ball, there is the ballroom of the Ukrainian National Home where loud, stomping, accordion-accompanied dances are held on Friday and Saturday nights. Before the breakup of the Sounds USSR, like place to shoot. there would be at least two, quote, free the Ukraine meetings held there every week. The room is rented often as, po- as often as possible, and we have now rented it for two weeks to rehearse a movie. I've rehearsed eight or nine movies here. I don't know why I feel like this, but rehearsal halls should always feel a little grungy. Two production assistants are nervously awaiting me. They've started the coffee machine. In a plastic box amid ice cubes are containers of juice, freshly squeezed, milk, and yogurt. On a tray, bagels, Danish coffee cake, slabs of wonderful rye bread from the restaurant downstairs, butter, whipped and packaged, and whipped cream, whipped and packaged, are right are waiting, plastic knives alongside. Another tray holds packets of sugar, equal, sweet and low, honey, tea bags, herb teas, every kind imaginable, lemon, uh, redoxin, in case, yeah, redoxin in case anyone has the first signs of a cold. So far, so good. So it's, again, this is like, like a sort of an interesting introduction to what it feels like to walk into a film set. Yeah, the crafty table. The crafty table kind of is the first <laughs> thing everybody like sees. When I get to set, the first yeah, thing I the do first is, thing you do. is, well, I look for crafty and then I immediately park my shit near crafty. Right on. Smart. Because, you know, I'm going to be hungry throughout the day and yeah. I don't want to get involved with the camera people. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking soundy over there. It makes sense. I know you actually do have an interesting, Sean Faud, like, <laughs> like sound and camera it's very strange. The two like least compatible. It it is weird how you are a libertarian socialist. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but well, no. I mean, it's I I find it weird how segregated those two departments are on the film set. Like, yeah. You know, camera people like refuse to even think about sound or know. like know anything about it. I know. And sound people are just kind of like jaded by that. And they're I like, know. "Fuck you, camera." Yeah. And so yeah, it's a shame. I, I don't know. I just kind of fell into it, but it's yeah. It's a shame. Um, well, I'm going to skip forward a little bit. Well, bitty, bitty, bit, bit, bit. Um, is directing the best job, Bob Ryan? Yeah, by far. How come? Um, well, first things first, all, all credit goes to you, right? So all the decisions that you make that, that are coming from your collaborators, ultimately you're the one who kind of gets the credit. So all you want is adulation in life? Are you the decider? (laughs) Yes. Well, it's not... No, I'm, I mean, I'm making a larger point. All the blame goes to you as well. Yeah, no, so I want to say decider again. Can I, can I just say <laughs> Go for it. Um, but if you, you know, it depends on who you are, but if you're a person who likes people and kind of likes Ugh. personalities and likes Jesus. wrangling the personalities, oh my God. then, then yeah, I mean, by far it's the best, but it also, you, you know, yeah. you're the one, you're the one interpreting the text. Okay. I'll put it this way. How often do you get to see the things that you read physically come to, you know what I mean? And Every actually manifest. Right, but that's not physical. You know what I mean? It's you don't it, read it. when you actually see <laughs> your dreams sort of like come become manifested. Whether it's something that you've read or whether it's something you just imagined, yeah. like, almost no one in the world gets to actually see that. I mean, they can now because everybody's got a production studio in their pocket. But yep. for the most part, and it, to to make it real and to to really, I mean, even something as simple as Twelve Angry Men, right? Just one location, basically two if you count the courtroom in the beginning. <laughs> but like, but it 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 the 
when you again, it, it's no almost no one in the world gets to actually witness something manifested. So it's yes, I would say it's it's the best job in the world, man. Certainly on a film set. Um, there's more f- fun. I mean, also like everybody at some point on a film set's getting yelled at. Rarely is the director good. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I I don't think that's necessarily universal. Um, I you know I've seen and worked and known directors that are seeming to hate their lives. <laughs> like it is. Yeah, they're assholes. They're yeah, exactly. Totally. And that is, um, it, yeah, just something to be cautious of. Um, oh, I don't, but that doesn't mean that they're not having the best time of ever. Like they they're assholes and they're the worst, and they should be more appreciative and happy about and and privileged about the fact that they're able to make a movie i feel like there's so many directors who are just caught up in the stress of it that they can't enjoy it yeah exactly oh god what why are you a director then exactly that's what stress that's what the point is you should be stressed to make a fucking yeah you got you i hope you're stressed you're the director asshole be stressed (laughs) but don't let anyone know well, you, you require you require a personality that thrives on stress, like and so yeah, uh, you and know, can work under it. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. and this is a very alluring industry that a lot of people just you know kind of see the behind the scenes and they think, oh, I want to be a director, and then somehow they weasel their way into that position, and then all of a sudden it's not as much just pure fun as they thought. You know, it's not all red carpet uh, walkdowns and rat parties. It's fucking it's hard ass work. It's one of the last few tyrannic positions true that's acceptable oh yeah a, di- a dictator a, yes. a totally. dictatorial position is almost yeah it there's it's so fascinating I, yeah. one of my favorite movies is heart of darkness mm. it's just because you yeah. get to see heart of darkness yeah Be- the making of uh apocalypse, apocalypse now oh got it okay you sure. get to kind of see coppola in all of his crazy decisions yeah. dealing with the, you know the biggest budgets there are and his own money and you get to see the stress that goes into it and how he kind of like melts down under these crazy conditions and how he becomes which is obviously ironic. He becomes Kurtz. He becomes mm-hmm. the the crazy horror character. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't think he was crazily dictatorial. He was just crazy. Well, he, maybe not. He's an actual. Right. Maybe he's the best example. But there's like you know the no, Hitchcock's no, no, I, I totally understand what you're saying. And the set definitely is not a democracy. Like, oh well, yeah, exactly. No, no. You're, what you're saying ultimately is 100 percent true. It's the, one of the very few like dictatorial positions. Um. But I, you know, I think it's stupid to fucking actually do it that way. Like, they don't, that's not how you fucking direct Be Sure, what you say goes. So what's the, why do you have to be a dick about it? <laughs> but you well, know what well, I mean? You shouldn't be a dick, but I, th- I feel like indecisive directors are such a huge problem in my world. Because really? I, well, I deal with a lot of amateur yeah. directors. Yeah, exactly. World, yeah. I'm not dealing with fucking Sidney Lumet here. I'm not dealing with Spielberg. Yeah. Well, but no, but they, I see, that's why I guess kind of the point. I don't think, I, I you're, whether you're, you're, or not you're an amateur shouldn't play into how decisive you are as a, as a storyteller or a filmmaker. You know what I mean? They you're, should just make bad decisions. <laughs> no, they should make good decisions, well, but they yeah, should at least yeah, like, make the decisions. decisions. No, I, no they, I don't think it should be directing in the first place. If that's yeah, the case. That, well, that's you know the bigger I mean? point, yeah. is that uh, everyone thinks that they can and everyone thinks that they should. Right. And there's a lot of people out there that don't realize Only what it actually entails. And if you're not willing to put in the work, then you become extremely indecisive because you haven't thought about these questions ever before. That's the whole idea of pre-production is that you run through every scenario possible so that when it happens on set, you've already at least thought about it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's the same no matter what the budget is. 
every you, there's never enough time and there's never enough money, no right. matter what happens. But everyone but, just sees the director sitting behind Video Village and oh, occasionally yelling in the village. <laughs> exactly. Get out of there. What yeah. are, oh, Haven't you I seen think... George Lucas? Yeah, like, that's... yeah, I've also seen his movies. <laughs> he directs from a fucking lazy boy, man. I saw it. Oh God. I uh I mean, I, I don't want to denigrate that. Everybody has their style, but no, that should be denigrated. That's stupid. Get the fuck up. <laughs> get up. Go somewhere. Go yeah, sit. Get in, get in life. Go with the flow. No, that's the Woody Allen method. I mean- What, he, sitting behind and letting it happen? Yeah. He doesn't really direct at all as far as on set. He casts the right people yes. and trusts them to do the thing. And he'll so, watch. Yeah. And he'll, yeah. He'll, he'll coax sort of here. And he's not like Machiavellian. But, that's, so right. but that's the problem. So many people see that behind the scenes footage of Woody Allen and think that that's what the job was when his entire job was done before he ever stepped foot onto set. Uh, right, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, it all. But yeah, either way, the rehearsal and yeah. and and all of that goes and into it. Just anyway. casting. So it's all, like, yeah. But it, also, don't forget that's Woody Allen. So it's yeah. like you know, he he he. Number one, he, he knows what he wants. Yeah, he's got his process. He's got his style, and it's not. He doesn't really need to kind of like coax it out of him because he's he's got his thing. And yeah. and more importantly, just the way you direct in a weird way is already the way the performance is, the way the camera's going to go off. It, you know, the, oh, yeah. there's a what, what, I, I'm just saying that there are a lot of people that come out to Hollywood that have seen that and think that that's, Ugh. that they have the ability to do that. Having not directed a movie a year for the last 50 years. I know it's really sad. Yeah. It's, it's a bummer, man. It's a bummer. And there's, that's why there's so <laughs> many fucking bummer. bad movies. Out there. Yeah. It's such a shit. Look at Netflix. <laughs> Look I at know, Amazon. Man. I know. Netflix used to be good. Now there's just like nothing but random crap that like had a $3 budget. I know, I know. It's a bummer. Anyway, no, get in, get your, get off, get, go, go, get in the fucking, get in the, get in the shit and find out where the sound guy is going to put the boom. You know what's interesting though is I feel, <laughs> make sure, make sure the camera guy is talking to the sound guy. Now, there's things you can learn as a director, which is so amazing to me. Is that the job is so difficult because it involves so many different skill sets. Yeah, it's so varied too. Yeah, it's yeah. like you, the idea that someone who's a people person has to deal with amazingly difficult personalities also has to be able to visualize a, a shot and a story and, and describe it to a person, like, and to each part, to every different cinematographer as well. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you're right. It, it's just on top of on top of on top of many different skills. The the just the population who could, people can do it is so goddamn small by that notion in general. I feel like most DPs are like somewhere on the spectrum too, which kind of makes it a little bit harder to communicate that. I but. used to do it. I used to do a in in my classes. I used to do a explain every set or mm. explain every position on set. Um, in in the context of mental disorders. <laughs> I was like, every single person on a film set is a crazy person. Without a That's doubt. just the way it is. Oh, it's They're carnies. all crazy. <laughs> They're all actually crazy people. Yeah. Um, the producer is, have I done this for you guys yet? I don't no, think sure. so. A producer is a megalomaniac. Mm. That makes um, sense. A director is- um, Narcissist. Um, no, no. A, a director <laughs> A director is a megalomaniac. Right. Is, is also a, a megalomaniac with a hint of sadism. Mm. Okay. Um, which is fitting because an actor is a masochist with a hint of personality disorder. <laughs> Um, multiple personality disorder. Yeah. Um, DPs, if you're going to the camera, the whole camera crew, yeah. um, are, are slightly sociopathic, mm -hmm. just slightly yeah. like, it's, and, and like autistic is, it's not really a mental disorder, but sure. I guess it's kind of the point. Yeah. I guess the main description I used to say was if, if a cinematographer is standing there and you drop right in front of them, a baby and a camera. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've seen they'll it. Just they'll just, they will grab the baby, but they will hesitate. They will hesitate. Oh, dude, I've witnessed <laughs> this exact event. Right. 
I've witnessed a guy with a camera fall into a pool behind him, walking behind yeah. him. They all jumped in the pool and grabbed, and grabbed the, camera. the camera. Absolutely. He was sinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, so no one's going to get the guy? If, if, you, if, you put, if you put a, a, a camera in a person's like shoulder and they're looking and you drive a Ferrari at them, you will physically have to pull them out of the right. way. No. Um, so yeah, slightly sociopathic. Um, <laughs> uh, the sound sound team um borderline personality disorder i'm sorry okay. no, no i'm sorry i'm sorry um, um i didn't mean it that way uh what was it god damn it um i was just gonna say depression no no no. what's the word <laughs> no no uh i'll get to that um agoraphobic no no those are the editors oh yeah um, oh, a social anxiety disorder no 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 um per, uh uh oh when you're oh, oh, why am i why am i, I losing the, the word why am i losing my word um when you're when you're like un- when you're uh It'll come to me. Claustrophobic. I'll do, I'll do it later. Yeah. All right. Anyway, editors are agoraphobic. Mm-hmm. Um, the the production designers and the the art department they're the ones who are manic depressive with a hint of bipolar disorder. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Wait, isn't that the same thing? No, manic oh. depressive and 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 bipolar. I thought it was oh. the same. They're similar, but I don't oh, okay. think they're exactly okay. the same. Um. It, oh, sorry. The sound team is uh, inferiority complex. Okay, mm. inferiority that's fair. Complex. Yeah. <laughs> um. It's not their fault, they, but they kind of no. like, you know, they yeah. get shit on the whole time. Nobody gives a fuck about them. Is what yeah. it is. Um, who am I missing? Who am I missing? That's everybody, I think. Well, Genie. Right? D- yeah. Gaffer's Grips. Uh, no, again. That's, that's all camera? It's all or? camera department. Makeup? Yeah. Was that kind of art? That's art department art? I'm going to go with, yeah. Hmm. Bipolar, manic, impressive. PAs? F- total masochists. <laughs> no, P- PAs, it depends on what they, who they want to be. I yeah. Mean, you know, nobody wants to be a PA on set. It's- They're a PA for some department. Um, I think the only, actually, I think the only sane people on in the entire film world are um, casting directors. Really? <laughs> I kind of think so. Jeez. I think casting directors, for which, of course, there is no Oscar, yeah. are probably the only <laughs> actual sane human beings I find it very, working in the film world. I find it very funny when sane people invade this space of a film set. Oh, God. Yeah, and I think that's probably why the, what makes them crazy is that the fact that they're the most sane. Like, mm. they're the crazy ones because they're sane. Uh, but what I same see, people have well, you seen? I, on well, well, I'll give you a couple examples. Sure. Uh, catering people when they come oh. in, oh, yeah. <laughs> like they're people who cater, <laughs> and they come in, they're like, yeah. they were doing the a bot mess with these weirdos. Yeah. I know. Yeah, you're right. That's There's very people. funny. Sometimes also uh, transportation too. Like mm. just guys are driving. They're just drivers. Teamsters. Teamsters. Some of them are a little crazy, obviously, but yeah. I'll, so there is the blue yeah, collar crowd. Teamsters are their own kind of carnage. Like yeah, they're yeah, yeah. You're right. I'll give you that. That's true. Some of them. I mean, sure. Some of the union guys. Yeah. I feel like I'm missing someone on a film set. ADs? <laughs> ADs are still director in there, like kind of okay. sadist slash um, megalomaniacs. All right. I guess that's everybody. Yeah. All right. Let me read you the table of contents and then we'll read and then we'll, uh, we'll finish this episode up. Uh, so director, best job in the world. Two, our scripts are uh, the script. Are writers necessary? Three, style. The most misused word since love. <laughs> Four, actors. Can an actor really be shy? Five, the camera, your best friend. Six, art direction and clothes. Does Faye Dunaway really have the skirt taken, taken in in 16 different places? What? Uh, seven. That's like a common... Shooting the movie at last. Eight, rushes, the agony and the ecstasy. Nine, the cutting room, alone at last. Ten, the sound of music, the sound of sound. Eleven, the mix, the only dull part of movie making. Twelve. The answer prints. That's really funny. <laughs> Here comes the baby. Thirteen, the studio. Was it all for this? 
And at the very end, this film's directed by something that, of course, which I could just cameras, cameras, boner. I like the mix, but he said it's the most boring. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go to cameras. Uh, your best. Friend. Yeah. Um. Oh, there's a lot of things. It's just a list. It looks like, and then the, okay, I'll do it. Use this camera. First <laughs> yeah. of all, the camera can't talk back. It can't ask stupid questions. Yep. It can't ask penetrating questions oh, that God, make you realize you. you've been wrong all along. Hey, it's a camera. But these are all bullet points. It can make up for a deficient performance. It can make a good performance better. It can create mood. It can create ugliness. It can create beauty. It can provide excitement. It can capture the essence of the moment. It can stop time. It can change space. It can define a character. It can provide exposition. It can make a joke. It can make a miracle. It can tell a story. If my movie has two stars in it, I always know it really has three. The third star is the camera. Mechanically, it's quite, mechanically a camera's quite simple. A reel of unexposed negative is mounted to the front. A take-up reel pulling the exposed negative and rolling it up is on the back. In between are notched wheels that keep the film taut at all times. They turn to constant rate of speed passing through the perforations in the negative so that during a take, the film is moving. In the center of this mechanism is a lens. The light comes through the lens and strikes the negative. The camera has actually photographed a still picture called frame. After the frame is exposed, the camera's mechanism starts to pull the next frame into position behind the lens. But as the film moves, a shutter comes down and blocks all the light from hitting the negative. Then the next still a photo is exposed. There are 24 frames per second, 16 frames to a foot of film, one and a half feet to 24 frames. When projected back into the screen by exactly the same mechanism, it looks as if the images are in constant motion, even though we are actually seeing 24 still moving pictures per second. To the human eye, the movement looks continuous. As Jean Le Goudard once said, movies are, quote, 24 frames of truth per second, end quote. Like the fingering mechanism of most musical instruments, this simple, clumsy contraption can pr- produce a profound aesthetic result. Wouldn't he says 16? That's 35. Yeah, okay. So that's what I was going to say. It depends on the type of film, right? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. This one's a little bit more interesting. Where do you put the memory card? <laughs> exactly. Up your ass. Right? <laughs> exactly. Funny you should ask that. Kodak, about uh, a year ago, released a new 16 millimeter film camera that you actually put a memory card in because it shot video and audio at the same time. And then you would send your film off to be developed and then get it back and then match it up with the digital shit you shot. It's a fucked up system that didn't go anywhere. But when was this? This was like Early a year 2000? or two ago. No, oh. a year or two ago. They were uh, uh, pushing it at either CES or NAB, one of those shows. For people who want film, for people that, that want that film feel and look, but also want to be able to capture sound and edit digitally, it's unnecessary. It's ridiculous. So let me just jump to my favorite part, and then I'll, yeah, okay. He's a good writer. Yeah, no, it's a like, really, really, like this really isn't good dry book. at all. Like no, I thought this would it's be... all really good. Yeah, it, this is a great. Like I said, if you read one book about making movies, it would be this one, honestly. Um, I've read many books, but not that one. I'm going to skip to my favorite part. I have many guns, but this one is mine. <laughs> <laughs> there are many um, like yeah. I'll, Since I'm a director, here we go. Lenses have different characteristics. Mm-hmm. No, true, uh, no lens truly sees what the human eye sees, but the lenses have come, that come closest are the mid-range lenses from 20 millimeters to 40 millimeters. 
Wide-angle lenses, 9 to 24, tend to distort the picture. The wider the lens, the greater the distortion. The distortions are spatial. Objects seem farther apart, especially objects lined up from the foreground to the background. Vertical lenses seem to be forced closer together at the top of the frame. Vertical lines seem to be forced closer together at the top of the frame. An anamorphic is just bullshit. Stay away from it, kids. Longer lenses, from 50 millimeters upward, compresses the space. Objects that are lined up from the foreground to the background seem closer. The longer the lens, the closer the objects seem, both to the camera and to one another. These distortions are tremendously useful. For example, if I were doing a tracking shot or dolly, or simply panning from left to right, I could create the illusion of the photograph object traveling at a much greater speed by using a long lens. Because it comes closer, the object seems to travel past the background at a much greater speed on a long lens. The four... That doesn't sound right. Hang on. Yeah, it does. No, no, hang on. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, wait, so the 50 Pan- is because it seems the closer the objects oh, okay got it because it seems sorry i thought he meant like uh an object moving the z-axis like toward you oh no no yeah a length of uh, you'd use a wide yeah um, talking foreground yeah background. i know if you're panning yeah. back and forth sorry yeah. just can i ask one question so the the he's basically saying that past the 50 up on up it, it um it compresses space yeah but below 50 it uh expands yep, yeah that's one of the main characteristics yeah the, so, but the 50 is the the closest neutral, to the eye you're gonna get yeah on on full frame 35 50 is considered about uh what the eye sees on super 35 it's more like 45 yeah. or 40 ish Mm-hmm. Okay. And then on 16, it'd be like 25, 20-ish. Yeah. Or on 70 millimeters, like 100. Yeah. What happens if you're wearing glasses? Doesn't matter. You actually take yeah. them off. because Your field of view is so. the same. Yeah, you change the Doesn't the change the lenses? Or- no, not at all. You change the no. diopter so it focuses. So you're actually just focusing to your eye and the diopter. But- oh, no, I understand. Oh, I guess I'm saying from the audience's perspective. Like, like what a normal lens oh, yeah, should be with matter. someone with glasses versus someone without glasses? Yeah, like I guess... Oh, okay, that's a stupid question. When, no, it's just... when we say what a normal lens is, we basically mean when you close one eye and look out into the world with just one eye open, that's about the range of a 50 millimeter lens on a full frame 35 camera. Right. No, I, uh, but so I, my question you're... is then if I add a, a glasses to that. Right. So glasses don't necessarily change your field of view unless you have like, you know, a, some sort of problem there. Or yeah. Like that, yeah. You're, you're basically just, you know, focusing rather than changing the field. I see. Yeah. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. Your glasses like refocus the, the focal point of your eye to where your retina should be fine. In other words, your your normal eye is a lens anyway, and it's it's projecting an image. But when if you're farsighted, it literally means that eye that your eyes are projecting that image before where it should be hitting the retina. So oh, I see the lens saying. refocuses it, changes the distance exactly, yeah, it changes the it. convergence yeah. angle. I yeah. gotcha. Um, the background We're learning. Uh, the, the foreground object, car, a horse, running person, seems to be covering more ground faster. Once again, this is panning left With to right. With a right long left. lens. Yes. Yeah. Uh, conversely, if I wanted to increase the speed of an object moving toward or away from me, there we go, I would use a widening lens. This is because the object seems to be covering greater distances as it, appro- as it is approaching or leaving. So in other words, if you want to watch a cool chase sequence, if you want to make a chase sequence look dynamic, just use that principle. Like if you're going left to right, use a long lens. If they're going toward you or away from you, a wide lens. Uh, the lenses have another characteristic. Wide-angle lenses have a much greater focal depth of field. The amount of space in which an object moving... D-O-F, D-O-F. Sorry. No, it's I good. get excited. I'm just always going to skip forward. <laughs> really? You're going to skip okay, over sorry, depth sorry, of sorry. field? The le- okay, okay. <laughs> Wide-angle lenses have a much greater depth, uh, focal depth of field. The amount of space in which an object moving toward or away from the camera stays in focus without changing the focus of the lens me- mechanically. Again, this can be put into use in tr- t- sorry, again, this can be put to tremendous use. If I wanted to get rid of as much background as possible, I'd use a long lens. The background 
even though it seems closer, is so out of focus that it becomes unrecognizable. But with a wide-angle lens, although the background seems farther away, it will be sharper and therefore more recognizable. Sometimes when That's I need why to walk, I hated Black Panther. Sometimes, Way too shallow depth of field. Yeah, so you could focus on those, those beautiful faces. Exactly. That's yeah. what it is. It would have sucked in 3D. What about Wakanda? Daddy. I wanted to see Wakanda. They use a perfectly wide lens for that. Me, not enough of that Some, city. I sometimes when I need a long lens, but I want to keep the image sharper, we'll put or pour in more light. The more light, the more focal depth, and vice versa. The added light will give us a greater focal depth, compensating somewhat for the loss of depth that have long that ha, that the long lens created. So just to clarify that way, you shouldn't say that to a cinematographer. Yeah. Just like you basically want to say, like, I, I can't I, I can we make the image sharper? You don't want to say, like, can we put more light in this? No. Don't fucking say that shit. Like <laughs> pretend you don't really know what You'll you're talking about, but just like specify what you want done and let yes. them kind of create. Now this as this for has, results, not techniques. Yeah, well said. This gives this is twofold effect. One, it 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 creates a collaboration between you and the person. So they're trying to achieve what it is that you want out of it. But two, they're um, not a helper monkey. Yeah, you don't you don't look like a douchebag. Um, There's different techniques too. You can multiple techniques to achieve the same result. One is be- I would argue one is better than the other. Um, it, There's usually one that's crew, pretty obvious. Yeah, like, when it comes really? to your crew, if you're talking to actors, yes, well, I there are lighting different stuff. Ways. Like, oh, styles and whatnot. But like, if you're a director oh, that knows lighting, it is kind of hard to keep yourself from telling a DP where to do things. Like, it, it is, um, you know, you kind of have your style, and the DP may have a different style. Okay. So, no, but that's what I'm saying. That's where the language becomes so much more important. Because Joy, you're right. It's because it's pe- people do have different um, techniques in a sense, right? You could want the same result, but but the way that they provide just let's just say I want us to look a little bit sharper. You know what I mean? Um, and we know that we want to stick with the lens. We know that we want sort of this 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 image, whatever the foreground image is, to pop essentially in a like a close up like that. Um, the 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 DP might come up with some example that you didn't even think of. You know what I mean? They might they might literally right. they they're going to give you more light no matter what because that's just what it means. And they know that you know what that means, but the way that they get there, they might actually kind of um, add a little bit more fill, which is, was way more interesting and beautiful than you thought of rather than just the key or vice versa, depending on what you want. You know what I mean? And, but again, if you, if you want it to feel more flat in that sense to kind of like ugly up the character, you'd say that. Don't say like, I just bring up the fill like, or, you know, just flatten it out. Something like that. It's, I don't know. Yeah. Just because it, it's more interesting. Well, yeah. It's just They're going to give you something you didn't, not, yeah. yeah. They're going to give you something you didn't anticipate. If you just do, if you just tell them, you know. Fucking bring bring the bring that three hundred or you know scrim that three hundred with a double. They'll be like, "Did you just fucking say some bullshit to me? What did you just say to me? What? <laughs> Why don't I go talk to your actor and be like, hey, faster? <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway, I, I, um, I only get slightly annoyed with that stuff when they tell me where to stand. Inferiority complex. Mm. <laughs> um, I mean, they, I have one anyway, so. Yeah, but again, that's that's another perfect example. Like, don't don't say stand there. Say, I think you'll be in the frame if you stand where you're standing. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, all right, um, I'll skip forward to, um, the because then it gets more anyway. Uh, the purpose of these boring technical discussions is to convey that the basic photographic elements, lens, stop, light, and filters, are all wonderful tools. They can be used. Not just out of necessity, but to achieve aesthetic results. Perhaps I can illustrate with some examples. This part right here is probably my favorite part of the book if you want to figure out how to direct cameras. 12 Angry Men. Boris Kaufman, photographer. It never, it never occurred to me that shooting an entire picture in one room was a problem. In fact, I felt I could turn it into an advantage. 
One of the most important dramatic elements for me was the sense of entrapment those men must have felt in the room. Immediately, a, quote, lens plot occurred to me. As the picture unfolded, I wanted the room to seem smaller and smaller. That meant that I would slowly shift to longer lenses as the picture continued. Starting with the normal range, 28 to 40, we progressed to 50, 75, 100 millimeters. In addition, I shot the first third of the movie above eye level, and then, by lowering the camera, shot the second third at eye level and the last third below eye level. In that way, towards the end, the ceiling began to appear. Not only were the walls closing in, the ceiling was as well. The sense of increasing claustrophobia did a lot to raise the tension of the last part of the movie. On the final shot, an exterior that showed the jurors leaving the courtroom, I used a wide-angle lens, wider than any lens that had been used in the entire picture. I also raised the camera to the highest above-level eye position. The intention was to literally give us all air, to let us finally breathe after two increasingly confined it's pretty cool. Thank you for listening to another episode of Literally Literary. Any last minute Oscar predictions, boys? They're all going to lose. <laughs> Remember to follow us at all our other shows, uh, Pilot Tinkering, uh, Going Down on South Park, Wild Wild West World, and Text Before Calling, which was the first like 16 minutes of this show. Thank you for that. Um, Eric Wheeler. Uh, head over to iTunes, write a review, give us a rating, tell a friend, tell an enemy. Uh, you can also donate to our PayPal page. Joey's the only one who does so for a dollar per month. Um, Two dollars. We didn't order food yet. We're probably going to order food right now and uh, do another one of these. And um, so we'll, we'll hear you. We'll see you in a week, guys. Uh, happy Oscars. Did I miss anything? Did I forget something? Yeah. No. All right. We're good. Uh, bet on Dunkirk for best sound editing. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and sound mixing. You'll win. Which perennially is a different is a difficult thing to figure out. It what is the difference is between those two. And let me say, okay, so sound editing is the building of the sound. So like the foley, the kind of the the dialogue capture, the actual onset kind of mm. struck. Not just on set, but I mean, it, you know, all of it combined. First of all, it's it's is not it mixing right. onset and editing. Correct, offset? but with straight. Yes, exactly. No, you, but foley but, is not on set. So editing is technically all the post guys. Uh, yeah. mi- mixing is, is technically the sound mixer on set who records the dialogue on set, but they actually give the Oscar in mixing to the re-recording mixers, who uh, are yeah, the guys who do saying. the final mix. So technically, it's really both post. It's kind of bullshit. Well, they're well, they're all, they're all post, but I mean the the mixer, like I said, the mixer uh, the mixing Oscar goes to the the person who does the mix down. Correct, but yeah, but technically the sound mixer, and this is my job, is the on-set location yes, sound mixer who doesn't really get an Oscar, who kind of gets thrown in uh, with the yeah. best sound mixing yeah. Oscar, which is why I'm upset. Oh, I think, <laughs> don't they get, they, 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 they don't get the best sound, um, uh, what's it called, Be- sound editing either. Nope. So yeah, exactly. But there's I mean, no they, Oscar for production sound. Exactly, right. Well, there's no Oscar for casting either, so. They don't have a, something like a technical... No awards casting. There's no Oscars. There's for, no best AC. There's no best. There's no Oscars for casting. All right, whatever. They make enough money. No, they don't. Casting directors, they yeah. make money, but they don't make enough money to not warrant a fucking Oscar. <laughs> if I'm not getting an Oscar, neither are they. Casting directors deserve Oscars. What about ism? <laughs> it's their fault that we have me too. Uh.